0: Hey everyone, uh, some of you know I've been using our caravan on our drive as an office in this lockdown period so for a change of scenery I thought I would speak to you from here today In the last few years I feel like autobiographies have been uh, become a massive thing, don't you? Particularly at Christmas time all the bookshops seem to be often full of famous celebrities and sports people telling or we might say selling Stories we've collected a few along the way. Um, we've we've got Alan Sugar here, um, Nelson Mandela, uh, another one um, last year I bought for Christmas. Uh, this one by Michelle Obama, and there's a few others. Alex Ferguson, even though I'm a Liverpool fan and not a Man United fan. Um, often these autobiographies have clever titles, so you can almost guess who it's by just by the catchphrase or, or the title that's there. Now we've we've been looking, as you know, at Psalm 23 over this last three weeks and in a way Psalm 23 is almost uh, a short autobiography of David and uh, imagine what the publisher would call Psalm 23 if they were given it a title. I think the phrase at the end of verse 3 would be a contender. Um, In verses 1 and 2 we've heard all the metaphors of sheep and shepherds. And then in verse 3 David here suddenly jumps out of that imaginary metaphor world back into real world and he sums up his whole life with these four words, he restores my soul. He's talking about God of course and as David looks back on his experience and reflects on his life this is his motto. This is David's story. He restores my soul. It's good to be reminded first of all that we actually have a soul. Often we're more worried about our faces and our clothes and our cars and our homes. And, and we can forget that when it comes down to it, the most important thing about us is that we're created in the image of God and have a living soul, we're not animals, uh, neither are we uh, are, are just a random meaningless bag of chemicals, but living beings with immortal souls. And I think it's good to, to be reminded that God is interested in our souls, in a sense these four words that on one level could be the title of David's autobiography they could also be a really excellent summary of the whole narrative of the Bible. God is in the business of restoring souls, it is what God does, He restores my soul. Now I'm aware that in some translations of the psalm it says He refreshes my soul, and that works too, but the, the, the key idea behind the original Hebrew language here is of something being brought back, so like like an old picture that has been painted by some master artist and, it, and it, but it's faded and an expert carefully restores it to bring it back to its original colour and beauty and glory or sometimes we talk about someone who's been ill uh, being restored or we say they've been brought back to full health and fitness and uh, you you know that I'm not an IT person but apparently if you lose files on your computer there are clever people who can press certain restore buttons to bring back the files that you've lost Um, so when David joyfully here in this psalm exclaims he restores my soul he's really making a wonderfully positive statement here God is rebuilding me He's renewing me, he is repairing me, he's replenishing me, he's re-energising me. God is putting me back together and making me the person that he always intended for me to be. I wonder whether in order to help us today with this whole concept of restoration, we could coin a new phrase here, soul depletion soul depletion. I think there were times in David's experience when he felt like his soul was drained, his energy had been siphoned off, we might say the batteries were flat, there were times when perhaps his plate was too full and his heart was too empty and the real David, his soul, was depleted. So far in this little series in Psalm 23, we haven't thought too much about David's life. If you're interested, you can read all about his life in the Bible, in the book of 1 Samuel, and it starts somewhere around chapter 16, if you want to look at that this week. But basically today, I want us to spend some time just looking at David's life briefly, and thinking about three possible causes of soul depletion and to try and see briefly how God, in each of these cases, was at work to restore or bring back his soul. So the first thing that I want us to think about is the idea of frustration. And when you read David's life, it is incredible how many people at various points in his life let him down. It started early for him when even his own dad forgot that he was even there. Um, When the prophet Samuel came to their house his dad was very proud to introduce all of David's seven older brothers to Samuel while David was left outside watching the sheep. And Samuel has to ask David's dad, "Is, is there another son? And then we see David later being sent to the battle lines with food for his brothers as the Israelites are fighting with the Philistines. And David basically goes into a war zone to help his brothers and bring them provisions. And his brothers basically kick off with him and start criticising him. And David's like, thanks a lot, here's your sandwiches. And as David then grows into a young man, he is so successful as a soldier himself that the king rewards him with a more senior position in the army until people started to like him and then the king's admiration quickly turns into jealousy and hatred on one occasion David returns from battle and the king is so overcome with jealousy towards him that he tries to pin David to the wall with his spear thanks a lot your majesty David becomes a fugitive in the country he loves and as this maniac of a king pursues him David has to hide in mountain caves and he's constantly on the move and there came a point where David and his men came to the rescue of one town that was under siege and they essentially protected the town, they liberated it and what did the town do? They sent messages to the king and betrayed David and where he was. she sensed sense the pattern? This, this is the kind of soul depleting and soul defeating frustration that I'm talking about. Do you ever feel, why do I bother? David trusted God and did his absolute best and not one person in his life, it seems, had the decency to say thank you. Very few people even took him seriously. How does the Lord restore his soul in the midst of what must have felt like debilitating frustration? In 1 Samuel chapter 23 and verse 16 we're told that the king's own son Jonathan who recognised from a distance the unfairness of all of this, at great risk to himself, sought David out in hiding. And the Bible says that Jonathan helped David to find his strength in God. So under this heading, the Lord restored David's depleted soul through the kindness and thoughtfulness of a friend who took the initiative and the time to encourage him. And this was so much more than basic solidarity and empathy. Excuse me, Jonathan helped him to find his strength in God. This dear friend reminded David of who God is and lifted David's vision away from his frustrations and helped David to remember therefore who he himself was so that he could anchor his soul in God. Never underestimate the power of spiritual encouragement like this. Sometimes God will restore your soul by working through the encouraging kindness of a good friend. But don't underestimate too, that God might be calling you to be a Jonathan. And he might be calling you to be the one to help a friend gain much needed spiritual perspective. Another second thing that caused soul depletion, I think for David was weariness. And by this, I'm meaning much more here now, circumstances rather than the frustration of other people. As a young man, David had been anointed by the prophet Samuel as the future king of Israel. David knew that this was God's revealed plan for his life. And yet everything in his life seems to scream against that promise. Being fulfilled. After years of hiding and running David reaches a point where he's just had enough. What God said to him and how he was didn't seem to add up and all David can see is the size of the problems and he's weary and tired. David begins to think I just can't do this anymore." In 1 Samuel chapter 27 and verse 1, we hear the words of a broken, depressed and defeated man. As we hear David say, one of these days I'll be destroyed by Saul. The best thing I can do is to escape to the Philistines. At this point in his life, David doesn't bring any of this to God. He doesn't talk to God anymore. It's all going on it inside of his own depressed thoughts, if you like. And he comes to the conclusion in his depressed thinking that his best hope now is to go and hide among the enemy because he's got nowhere else to go. Over a year later, when David eventually comes home, the town where he had made a base had been raided and all of his own and his men's families had been kidnapped and carried off and as the smoke rises from the ruins of their former base we're told that David's men wept until they had no strength left to weep. At this point in his life David is tired of stumbling from one crisis into another and this time there's no Jonathan to encourage him. But right here, at his lowest point, for the first time in almost 18 months, David opens his eyes and remembers God. The narrator in 1 Samuel tells us that in this moment, when everything seemed completely and utterly lost, that David found strength in the Lord his God. When he got to the very end of his own resources, the Lord restored his soul. It's almost as if when David reached rock bottom, he discovered to his surprise that God was right there with him. His energy and his perspective are restored and in God's strength, he leads his man in recovering everything that has been lost. Can you relate to this kind of soul depletion grinding weary circumstances have you ever come to the place where you thought I'm, I'm just gonna let go because I can't hold on anymore I think in this particular case David here found his strength in God when he remembered what God had already promised him. And it caused him to realise that his hard current circumstances were not the thing that were going to define him. Sometimes we do need the encouragement of other people, but all the time we need to remember and trust in God's own promises to us in his Word. a third and last reason that David knew soul depletion was because of failure in a sense everything that we've seen so far is uh, they're all things that kind of happened to David but what about when he himself is the problem If David's previous problem had been I just can't do it, there came a period later in his life where he almost arrogantly felt the opposite. He did become king and sadly his thought then was you know what I can do what I like. We don't have time to go into all the details here but David committed adultery and then went on to lie in order to cover it up and ultimately he had the husband killed by deliberately sending him to the front line knowing that the fighting was fierce there's a tragic understated verse at the end of 2 Samuel chapter 11 that simply says after all this the thing that David had done displeased Lord. I wonder whether you know something of soul depletion because of failure. What an awful thing guilt is. And it's one thing for God to restore a frustrated soul or a weary soul. Can the Lord also restore a guilty one? A year went by and David is empty, God is nowhere to be seen and eventually God sends the prophet Nathan who very bravely confronts the king and broken hearted David falls to his knees and confesses, I've sinned against the Lord. We've read something of his raw confession in Psalm 51 earlier and we've heard David plead with God to wash him and cleanse him and restore him. David's prayer is, oh God, restore me, bring me back. David wonders how God could love someone as wretched as he had become. He'd failed in a way that had shocked and appalled himself. No doubt he thought, I'm not the kind of person who would do something like this. And yet he did. We don't know when David wrote Psalm 23, but is there an echo here of this dark period in his life in those four simple, glad words He restores my soul, what a mercy, what a hope that God restores broken hearts and puts them back together, that God is able to bring you and I back to where we should be when we fail. Never mind the publisher, I think this is what David would call His autobiography himself he restores my soul the proof of all this is in the fact that there is a king and a shepherd greater even than david was this is a king and a shepherd who existed before david ever did and yet became one of his descendants jesus He takes away our failure by dying in our place and then gives his glorious, mighty, flawless righteousness to us. This is a stunning solution to soul depletion to be filled with Christ. For me to be in him and for him to be in me is absolutely mind blowing. Forever would not be long enough to plumb the depths of His unbelievable generosity to us. It is—it is as if the joy and peace and gladness of heaven has literally bubbled over and splashed into this sin-spoiled and sin-spoiled and, and sin-spoiled world and our sin-spoiled hearts. Is your soul depleted? Perhaps through frustration, maybe through fatigue, or perhaps even today through failure. Sometimes it will take the encouragement, the kind encouragement of a friend. Always it will take the wonderful promises that God gives to you in his precious word and it will also take honesty and confession and trusting in God's grace towards you in the Lord Jesus. What would the title of your autobiography be? I hope and pray that for you today, it would be something along the lines of He Restores My Soul.